Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. My next guest joining the show is Odyssey MLB insider John Heyman. Insider calls are presented by BetQL. Get access to data and insights the sports book just don't want you to see. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. Mr. John Heyman joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. Been a minute. How you been, J.H.? Good. How are you, Jody? Always good to catch up with you, my friend. Um, how many home runs is Aaron Judge going to hit this year? Well, 65. That's what he's on pace for. So I'm going to go with 65. And that, of course, would be the all-time American League home run uh, record. And that is uh, something that Aaron Judge can certainly hang his hat on. Um it was weird back in March. I know you were following it, as was I, uh, when the negotiation between the Yankees and Judge actually got leaked to the media. What numbers had been exchanged, what the Yankees' bet offer, uh, best offer was. I thought it was a fair offer. It wasn't a blow-the-doors-off-the-hinges offer, but it was a fair offer for where Judge was in his career and his age, a little late to be getting a free agency and like I don't think the Yankees offered him a uh, we need a hometown discount uh, type offer, but Judge turned it down and he kind of bet on himself. I'd say he's winning that bet. Um, what do you think the ongoing relationship is between Judge and the Yankees as far as his contract goes? Is there even one, or do they all just stay narrow focused on what's happening on the field? Yeah, I mean, I think Judge said he didn't want to talk about the contract or negotiate during the season because he wanted not to be distracted. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think he, he has done that. So I give him credit. Um, you know, they haven't talked about it since. So I think it's all good. I mean, certainly when they were unable to come to an agreement and they're so far apart, you know, I mean, they're not on the same page. You know, you can probably surmise he wasn't thrilled at that time. Um, I agree with you. I thought it was a reasonable offer at the time. But, uh, you know, he certainly did bet on himself, and he has won big. I mean, at this point, uh, I think they'd be fortunate if he just um, – if they just gave him what he asked for at the time, which was about $36 million a year over eight years. I mean, at this point, uh, you know, he's having one of the greatest years anybody has ever had. So – Probably earned that money at this at this juncture. Timing is everything in life. Um, I've thrown this by a couple of uh, guys like yourself, uh, national MLB uh, writers and prognosticators. If I gave you your choice of where Aaron Judge is going to land next year, and the two choices were either Mets and or Yankees or the other 28 teams in Major League Baseball, which would you take? Oh, I think he'll be back with the Yankees. Um, I wouldn't even need the Mets there. I, I don't think the Mets are going to, you know, the Mets have their own guys to try to retain, right? They're all having good years um, right now. I mean, obviously, Nimmo's a free agent. Diaz, who's been the best closer in the game, free agent. <clears throat> Taiwan Walker, who's been terrific, free agent. 
and uh, DeGrom will be a free agent when he opts out. So I think they're going to look to keep their own guys. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to start a, a fight with the Yankees at this point. So uh, it's, Steve, it's Stevie Cohen we're talking about here, John Heyman. You know the, the, the Mets owner likes to spend. Yeah, well, I, you know, there are a lot of places you can spend, and um, I just don't think he wants to start a war with the Yankees at this juncture. So I'm going to just I'm going to do you a favor, and I'll just take the Yankees versus the field, and I'm going to go with the Yankees. <laughs> he I, doesn't I need two. He only I needs need one. It. And that's the pinstripes for the Yankees. All right, as great as Judge has been, and the Yankees are going to the postseason, we all know that. Uh, I don't think the Blue Jays, the Rays, or anybody else going to catch fire and close in and make it a race in the AL East. But they have not played near as well over the last month, six weeks, certainly going back to the midway point of the season as they did in the first half when they were on a record pace to have maybe the best uh, one-loss record and winning percentage in the history of the game. Why have the Yankees flattened out? <laughs> well, I guess they're regressing to the norm. Uh, I think, you know, they're a really good team, uh, but this is probably a fair representation of how good they are, which is 30 games over, not ripping them. Um, you know, they probably just were not as good as the 98 Yankees or the 39 Yankees or the 27 Yankees or the 61 Yankees, but they're really good. They're still on pace to win over 100 games. And, you know, they have very close to the same record as the Astros, a little behind the Mets now and certainly behind the Dodgers, who are the world beaters at this point. So, you know, I think they're really good. Um, You know, are they all-time great? It doesn't appear that way at this point. Is their rotation good enough for when they get to the postseason? Because at one point during the year, uh, all of the guys were clicking in. They decided to trade Jordan Montgomery. Seems like a questionable trade. Oh, by the way, Harrison Bader better get playing here pretty soon because Yankee fans are getting a little crazy that they traded a guy who was helping in their rotation for a player who is not yet in center field for the New York Yankees. Is their rotation, Severino coming back from injury as well, is it good enough for the postseason this year to make a World Series run? Yeah, I'll say this. They, they I mean, they're going to win that division. So the regular season, really, I get I get the idea now. I mean, it had to be explained to me, but I get the idea of the, the Bader trade because, you know, they do need help in center field. So Hicks is not having a very good year, and Bader is elite as a defender. So I, I get that move. They thought Montgomery was not a playoff starter for them. Of course, you never know with pitching – you know, you need that extra pitching, and he's solid. You know, he could win a playoff game. He may not be, obviously, Scherzer or Cole or something like that, but he's pretty good. So that was certainly a sacrifice to, to give him up for a for a Bader. Um, and I, I see what you're saying about he needs to be, come back soon. I get it. Uh, but I, I do understand that trade now, and I think, uh, I think it, it does make sense. The, the rotation, I think – you know, assuming health for Severino, you've got Cole, Montas, Severino, and Cortez. Yeah, I think it's good. Um, you know, is it as good as the Mets rotation? Probably not. But I think it's comparable to the other playoff rotations. You might rank Houston slightly ahead of them, but pretty pretty comparable. Or the Dodgers, pretty comparable, I'd say. You know, I think there are four teams, really. The Dodgers, the Astros, the Mets, and the Yankees have really separated themselves we could see if the Braves or the Padres join them or another team, but basically there are four super teams, and I think the Yankees are one of them. So I think it's certainly good enough, assuming health. 
All right, putting – and John Heyman, our Odyssey MLB insider here with us on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, putting the four super teams aside, uh, other teams are going to have to make the postseason via the wild card route in their divisions. And the wild card is pretty interesting right now in the American League. Uh, Toronto's got the best record. Seattle is entrenched right now. Tampa has the third and final spot. The Orioles, just a half game behind the Rays, and those two teams meet this weekend. Do you think the general manager of the Orioles is second-guessing himself when at the trade deadline they sent out Trey Mancini uh, because they didn't necessarily know or believe they could be a wild-card team? Are they doing any uh, significant second-guessing in Baltimore right now? Yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure. They, they did get pretty good pieces back for Mancini. Um, and certainly they traded their closer, Jorge Lopez, who was really having his first good year. And it was a great year. So um, they've replaced him with Felix Bautista, who's been really good. But, you know, you'd like to have both of them. So he, he may be. He did, I spoke to him this week. He didn't really say that. You know, you know, it's the modern GM is to really, you know, figure out exactly where you stand. I mean, I give that clubhouse credit for hanging in there and not being – negatively affected uh, you know i think in milwaukee they certainly were when the hater was traded at the deadline and they didn't come up with the hitter that most people thought they needed uh baltimore took a step back for this year to take steps forward in future years and i, I give that clubhouse a ton of credit they've been amazing i mean nobody would have thought they'd be five over i mean, obviously rutchman has been really good uh but uh, you know they're getting Big, big contributions from guys who were really looked at as journeymen previously, including Mateo, who's been really good. Um, you know, they have a great future, and you know, I mean, he enhanced their future. But uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. To be short answer, I don't know if he regrets it at all. Probably not, um, because it doesn't seem to have affected them. If they come up one game short when we get to the end of the year, I'll have you on and we'll revisit this question. I think they made a major mistake, but that's just me. All right, jumping over to the National League. Phillies and Mets this weekend should be a real good series. Phillies got beat yesterday afternoon, but they had won eight out of nine prior to. Uh, they've jumped into the number two spot in the wild card. They actually put their nose in front of San Diego at this stage. Braves are the top wild card team. Uh, uh, like with the Yankees, I don't think anybody's catching the Mets in the NL East, but the wild card race should be interesting. I proposed this on a show that I did last week, John, and uh, basically everyone has either uh, turned their nose up at me or laughed at me. And I stand by my stance. See if uh, the uh, baseball savant, John Heyman, agrees with me. Uh, the Phillies' top two starters are Aaron Nola and uh, Wheeler. I think either one or both could have or should have made the all-star team. They're having those kind of seasons. Neither one did. I think they got shafted, but that's just me. Um, and then there's a drop-off to whoever's going to pitch that third game in the wild-card round. Ranger Suarez has picked it up of late. had a couple of good outings. Hasn't really gone deep in a game after coming back from the injured list. But there's a drop-off after the top two starters. If you were the Phillies manager, which is Rob Thompson, who, oh, by the way, has done a dynamite job since taking over from Joe Girardi, what would you have your rotation be for that three-game playoff against you, whoever you happen to be uh, facing off in in the wild-card round? Yeah. Uh, that's a tough call. You know, I mean, how, how's Gibson doing lately? I mean, he's got a little more experience. 
Um, I could see going that route. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, would, I would think Gibson, off the top of my head, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but Juarez is doing better. He was really good last year. Um, that's not a terrible choice either. Um, you know, I could see people in Philly saying, well, we got two great starters. It's all about starting. You know, one thing I will say, I, I don't – I think it's – starting pitching is important, but I think it's always overrated in terms of the importance of having great starters. We saw – I mean, this, I'm dating myself here. The Twins win a World Series with two really good starters, and that was it. You know, the Braves were said to have the best rotation top to bottom for a decade. They won one uh, World Series. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's too much emphasis on who your rotation is. I think it's the whole team that counts. I think it's it's the bullpen, it's the, the hitters, the lineup, the backups. They all count. It seems like everybody is focused on the rotation. I think it's I think it's overdone. I really do. I mean, I can name several examples where the best starting pitching did not win. And understood. Uh, yeah, I just don't I, – I don't I, – I think you can win like that. They have great hitting, particularly when Harper comes back, and they have two great starters. Um, I wouldn't count them out. They're dangerous. Here's, here's, here's what's my line of thinking that basically no one agrees with me. Uh, whether you pick Nola or Wheeler, and it'll probably be Wheeler because Nola, a couple of years running now, has been lesser – in September, and the Phillies have made the playoffs in a decade, so there are no October games to judge, but he has had a drop-off in September, and you don't know if that's coming. You can certainly evaluate it as you go through September, uh, but as of right now, I would say Wheeler is going to be your opening starter when you get to the postseason. And then I would start either Suarez, Gibson, or Syndergaard, whoever you decide is your other postseason starter. And if you win game one... I would hold Nola till game three. I Everyone, oh, you're going to put your first two stars out there. Win the first two games, then go. Just move on to the next round. No, 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 no. I'd rather hold one of them to game three. If you win game one, if Wheeler goes out and does what he's supposed to do and win game one, put your other guy in at game number two. Have Nola ready to go game three, the decider. Or if you do win those first two, have him ready to go the next series. And start the uh, NLDS with a uh, quasi-ace in Aaron Nola. Am I uh, just uh, whistling Dixie here, or am I on to something? Well, I don't think it's crazy, but, I, you know, I, maybe I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm a traditionalist. I, I would I would start Nola in two there. I, I'm sorry. Um, not not terrible. I mean, you make some sense. Um, I don't know. The Yankees always had a great pitcher going game two when they were winning all those years, and it was almost always pennant. Um, you know, all the games count the same. So, you know, I don't see anything wrong with going with one and two in that order and rather than saving them. All so, right, damn it. I'm uh, sorry. I, I thought I could get Heyman with me, damn it. Uh, all right, fine. The cheese stands alone and so does Jody McDonald. I got no problem with it. I'm sticking to my guns. That's how I would do it if I were the Phillies. All right, uh, Field the Dreams. Uh, has it lost its luster? I'll be honest. I flipped it on. I flipped it off. I flipped it on. I watched the NFL. Uh, meaningless preseason games last night. It was great uh, last year, but kind of a been there, done that thing. How long are they going to keep uh, heading off to the cornfields of Iowa? Well, I, they're certainly going to do it another year, I'm sure. But uh, it was tough to top last year. There was such a great game with two really good teams. 
White Sox were a really good team at the time and such an exciting finish. And it was, you know, it was new. So you weren't going to top that. I thought they did as much as they could considering they had two lousy teams playing. That certainly hurt. I liked the interview with Joey Votto. Certainly the Griffey's coming out, all those Hall of Famers. I mean, I think they did as much as they could have done. Uh, a lot of good gimmicks, but, uh, yeah, they weren't going to beat that first one. Um, I think it'll go on a while. Um, they need to get better teams in there, though. I think that, that took a little bit of luster out of it. You've got two rebuilding, shall we say. I mean, you, you could say tanking, but I'll, I'll go with rebuilding teams. Um, I, it's nice that they were traditional teams, that they're – Long-time teams, but they need to be good teams, I think. I think that that was the issue last night. Actually, I thought that was one of the best things about it because as as fun as it is, you are in the midst of a season and you're trying to accomplish something and get to the playoffs and you got to add two, two road teams, nobody getting a home field advantage. And, like, actually, I was okay with the fact that it was two also-ran teams that were in there, but maybe I'm a cynic. All right, uh, last thing. I chided the Orioles for uh, trading off some key pieces, and they're still in the wild-card mix. That's my American League, what-the-hell-were-they-thinking team. In the National League, it's the Brewers. They trade off Josh Hader, who I know they might have a problem resigning, getting a contract done with him, and he marches to the beat of his own drum, but he is one of the most talented relievers in all of baseball, and they ship him out, and they inherit the Padres' mediocre closer and not guys who can help them right away. They were a team that was screaming for the addition of a bat, and they didn't get it. Which one is more culpable, the Orioles or the Brewers, if both of those two teams miss out on the playoffs for not doing their job at the trade deadline? Well, I think it's the Brewers. I mean, I wrote about that today in the post in my in my notes. I, I did a long thing on the Brewers. Um, you know, there were a lot of bats available. Many of them were in their division. It was going to be tough to probably get the Cubs to trade a bat to the Brewers, and they ended up keeping Happ and Contreras, but – you know, Drury went to the Padres, and like everybody went to the Padres. Josh Bell went to the Padres. Their own hater went to the Padres. I mean, you know, I get it. Milwaukee's one of the two smallest markets. They need to be creative. They are smart. I could have lived with a hater deal um, if they had gotten that bat, but they, they never did come up with a bat. I know they talked about Jock Peterson, but he didn't get traded. Um, you know, I think at some point you got to overpay and get that bat because that was something they clearly needed. And as it turned out, I mean, Hader, we may think he marches to the beat of his own drummer, but he was, he loved in that clubhouse, you know, the guys all came up with him and um, he was almost automatic. Then he had two rough outings in July after going 11 months, we've given up no runs in the regular season. You know, maybe that was the impetus combined with the affordability question, but it certainly depressed that clubhouse, and it showed the first two games they lost in the pen against Pittsburgh, a team they almost always beat, and uh, just got them going on a slide. I mean, you're in first place. You know, the Brewer, the, the Orioles were at least on the outside looking in at that point. They're now up to only half game out. But, you know, to be in first place and to go backward – I think that's a mistake. Um, so, well, I think they're smart. I think they have smarted themselves. All right. At least I'm on the same uh, uh, plane with uh, John Heyman on that one. He'll come around to my 
putting a secondary starter into the second game over a potential ace. Everyone else at some point will come around to my uh, thinking outside the box line on that one, but we'll have to wait and see. I appreciate whenever you jump on with me, be it here, the fan, uh, WIP, wherever else. Always a pleasure, bud. Thanks. All right, Jody. Good talking to you. See you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.